everybody, welcome to the Mid Curve Podcast. We're back again. Uh, it is your favorite uh, group of people who are active traders, active uh, investors, active players in the NFT and crypto space. Uh, we're excited to be here again, as always. It's been a very busy, weird week in the world of NFTs and crypto. Um, kind of up and down. It's going to be interesting to kind of get into some stuff here. Um, I'm going to go around the table real quick, ask each of our people to introduce them really quickly, introduce themselves really quickly, uh, and then we'll get to our uh, one word of the week. But first, let's just do a quick intro and make sure everybody knows who we are. Um, I'll start. Uh, my name is Funky Donk, uh, also Gavin Purcell. Been in the business of this stuff for a bit. Uh, have a background in media and TV, but am pretty active in a bunch of different projects. Uh, Eric, what about you? Hey, uh, it's Eric. I've uh, been at this for almost two years now. Um, previous background was in traditional finance uh, and all that good stuff. Great. Uh, what about you, uh, Salty? Hey, uh, I'm Salty. Uh, one time I met Vitalik. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's pretty that's good. It. That's a good <laughs> intro. I love that. that you, that's all you while. need. I, I do yeah, the NFTs. It's fun. Great. And uh, what about you, Grant? Hey, hey. Uh, my background's in consulting, and I've been in this space for uh, two years now. Uh, and a couple of days ago, it came the closest to, I've ever been to getting hacked. So I'm sure we'll talk about that at some point. Uh, oh, my God. I'm really interested in hearing. Yeah, I want to hear about that. That's great. Okay. Um, well, let's, let's first, before we start, every, day, every time we do an episode, we like to hear, uh, just get a kind of sense of how people are feeling. We ask all of our members for one word to describe the market this week. Let's start with Eric this week. Um, Eric, what's your one word to describe the market? Ordinals. Sorry, say that again. What's that? I couldn't hear you the first time. Uh, or- Ordinals. Oh, oh yeah. Okay, good. He, he took my word, Funky. That's, <laughs> that's what don't I worry. Don't worry. You can you can develop a, a fork of that word in some way. We can figure okay, out a way okay, you I'll can let say Eric it. Get his word. Okay, Eric. What? Why ordinals? It's it's all anybody talks about. Uh, you know this this whole this we we, we kind of run back the idea of. NFTs on Bitcoin, uh, and now you know it's. Kind of, I think it's transitioned from a really, really interesting experiment to, yeah, right, cash grab. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. Okay, that's good. We'll get it. We're going to definitely get into that. It's going to be a big part of our conversation today. Um, Grant, what about you? What's one word for you to describe the market? And you can't say what you've said the last two weeks in a row. I don't remember what the word is, but you got to pick a new word this time. My word's reverb. I think. Uh, oh, interesting. I, I don't think we've. I mean, look, there's it's checks has been a revelation and it's, you know, gotten its sort of moment in in the zeitgeist, if you will, and we'll see how long that lasts. Um, and obviously, ordinals have been just uh, crazy this this week, but I just don't think we've latched on um, to a collective narrative that everyone cares about genuinely, right? And I'll go mm-hmm. back to the comment that I've been making throughout uh, our short-lived podcast history here and that you know there's there hasn't been a new launch that people have given a shit about uh in 13 months right and that that was azuki not saying that you know azuki deserves attention right now because you know we're all still still waiting for their new development right but it's just it's kind of like tv post game of thrones if you will right because there's there's no one unifying theory that's kind of uniting us uh and as a result liquidity just kind of frays around everywhere from from chain to chain now right because we we had canto a couple weeks ago and now we have bitcoin although you know i'd wager 95 percent of the transactions being done right now are 
or via ETH as opposed to, you know, actual Bitcoin. Yeah, I, I want to get into that too, because I have some real thoughts on, uh, I'll tell you what my word is in a second, but okay, Salty, what's your word for the, for the week? All right, well, Eric stole ordinal because that was going to be my word. Um, my word will be uh, a portmanteau. Uh, how about minus 12%? That's my word. Uh, <laughs> okay, well, we'll explain yeah, that. that. Let's hear candle. that. Well, it's just we had that ETH candle earlier this week. And then, of course, all the alts, you know, took a little step move straight down, or most of them did. But, uh, you know, I thought that would be uh, somewhat of a contagion moment and we'd keep tumbling downward. And maybe we will. I, I can't predict the future. I can only talk about what's happened. But, like, you know, all these prices went up without without huge increases in systemic liquidity or huge increases in stablecoin availability. So it was like the deployment of stables that were already in the crypto world, probably. Uh, and, and then we had wick down, and I figured there would still be enough fear and ten, you know, regulatory announcements and all this stuff. But, uh, you know, now we're holding it just 10% lower than we were. So uh, that's cool. Yeah, it's interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm very confused by some of the price action that's been going on today, or not today, going on this week, but we can talk about it. I mean, obviously, there's some pretty uh, real world maybe triggers for that stuff as well, too. Um, I think my word for this week is chase. Um, and when I say chase, what I mean is not Chase Bank, although that's probably a fascinating company to dig into on some point. But I think what's happening is people are chasing stuff right now. And it's it's interesting to me to watch and we'll get into ordinals but as somebody who like you know has been trying to be smarter about stuff and not feel fomo i've definitely chased onto canto late and i think that like i didn't get wrecked and it's fine and canto itself i think is is okay i think it it really peaked and then has dropped a bit but then cha people chasing onto onto into ordinals and trying to find these different ways and i think there's something really interesting in this idea of this small group of people that we are right now in this space kind of chasing from one thing to another and trying to find wherever the next thing is, but they're not really next things. We're just chasing something. So that's kind of my vibe of right now is like everybody's chasing the thing. And it used to be chasing from project to project. And now it feels like we're chasing from chain to chain. And I'm wondering if, you know, in a lot of ways that's actually hurting the overall ETH, especially the NFT marketplace, because what you're doing is pulling uh, liquidity in different places. So anyway, let's, um, I think it's really interesting for us to jump in and that's maybe a good starting off point to talk about ordinals. Um, I'm pretty sure everybody who's going to listen to this podcast is aware of what ordinals are, but if they aren't, um, my explainer of this is very simple. You, uh, one of you can maybe jump in and go a little more technical, but essentially, Ordinals are a new uh, version of uh, uh, NFTs on Bitcoin. Um, they kind of blew up this week in an interesting way. Um, there was a guy a couple weeks ago who kind of created this pathway uh, to make these. And uh, then they started to get some real attention um, when a specific project, Ordinal Punks, um, started to get some heat. And then uh, some of those sold for quite a bit of uh, of money. Um, but like Grant said, they are mostly being uh, sold with ETH being transferred, even though they're being delineated in Bitcoin. Um, we saw a sale, I think yesterday for 11 BTC or 10 BTC, which is a lot of money for an Ordo Punk. It was a crown Ordo Punk. Um, it seems like a lot of people have now taken ETH projects and are trying to port them over there in some form or another to for better or for worse. 
Um, I am not 100% sure about what this means for us so far, but um, I don't know. Grant, what is your take on ordinals in general? And then kind of do you see a future here? So first off, I wanted to say that, you know, I sort of called this out to our group uh, 12 days ago. And then <laughs> yes, you did. You did. Yes. Um, yes. And I just want to give a quick shout out to a community that I'm a part of called Squanchland. Um, who were just in on it so early, and um, the the eleven and a half Bitcoin Bitcoin sale uh, was was a member from there, and they just you know they you know kudos to them right because end of January everyone else was focused on pumping AI shit coins and you know farming Canto, which is valid, uh, but this was the the real sort of uh, generational wealth play here. Um, so for me, I think. I personally was fortunate enough to to get in on the primary sale of a couple of um, Pepe projects, um, one of which was within the first 3,000 uh, inscriptions, and then the other, which only had a couple in the collection that was in the first 10,000 inscriptions. Uh, and then I decided to stop playing basically yesterday because the, the night prior, I uh, essentially almost got social en socially engineered. Uh, and that's kind of the, 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 the issue for me, right? And that uh, it, it's, you know, it's fine that everything's being done on a spreadsheet, uh, but the fact that uh, everything has to be done through DMs uh, and you just don't know who you're talking to on the other, other end, uh, even for someone like myself who's, you know, three years, two to three years deep and, you know, kind of know who's who in the space, it's, it's incredibly difficult to navigate. Um, to actually answer your question about like where we're going, I'm not too sure, right? Because everyone's latched onto the narrative fairly quickly because we are, uh, you know, a fairly mature space now. Uh, and there's, yeah, like a fair amount of um, pretty facetious, like, immense happening, right? Like, you know, the kind of the seminal photography artist uh, in the space is charging basically 50 uh, Bitcoin uh, from the primary self for like the same photograph. Uh, and we just have already two iterations of punks, uh, which are not at all original, uh, even though, you know, provenance can be argued for at least one of those collections. And, and obviously they're commanding a lot of the liquidity in the space. So I just think it's, it's a little early to tell, but it is sort of innovative and exciting. And I think, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of the cope on the timeline from ETH maxis and from from Bitcoin maxis is is definitely driving more of the attention than than actual you know positive interest uh, in the space, which is always always a fun trade to to make when you can get it. Yeah, you know, I'm so curious about this in that I think the overall argument that uh, obviously it's interesting, right? Like technically interesting and. Yes, I think we should all take a second and shout out the fact that Grantland uh, was very early to this, and many of us ignored him, and we're all sorry, Grantland. Sorry about that. Uh, and we, it's our, our bags. Our bags are hurt for that reason. I saw your brief little thing about it. I was like, whatever. And then three days ago, you posted about it. It was like two and one in the morning. I had to get to work the next day, but I was like, wait, what is this? I started reading. I said, oh my gosh, I, I should have taken the time to read about it twelve days ago. Yeah, Salty, you actually went pretty hard in on this, right? And I'm as still somebody going hard who's, on it. yeah, okay. So let so tell me your 
give me your bull case for this. Um, I mean, the thing that I keep I keep thinking about is like the idea of unlocking liquidity that is existing in the BTC marketplace, but I don't know if I've seen that yet. But what is, what is your like kind of like take on this? I I want to uh, I would I would modulate your description of what ordinals are uh, to begin with, which is that ordinals are the uh, NFT on the blockchain, uh, the Bitcoin blockchain. Uh, all the stuff people talk about mostly is 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 uh, things like uh, the Satoshi cards or whatever. That's th those are counterparty NFTs. It's not really genuine to call them Bitcoin NFTs. There's a pointer on Bitcoin that directs you to something on counterparty. Um, there are the the colored coins. It was one of the very very earliest experiments of doing something on chain. And of course, you know Satoshi himself posted some data that wasn't just blocked. Uh, you know, transfer data on chain. But really, this is um, I've I'm arguing and continuing to argue that this is paradigmatic. This is a this is a new thing that never existed, which is a on chain NFT, truly held, transferable, fungible, sellable viewable completely within big uh you know bitcoin nothing else needed of course you need to run additional wallet software but that wallet software is not doing anything outside of bitcoin so that's a really big deal and my bull case is simple is that uh bitcoin is still much to eth or other altcoin people's chagrin you know it still is the bedrock of the crypto world it is still the cryptocurrency people think about especially normies it still has the largest market cap it still attracts the highest wealth and you know uh type individuals who don't want to go dabbling in other things i'm not i'm not a bitcoin maxi i'm not saying it's it, it it's like the end all be all but it still is the most important thing in the crypto world even though it doesn't do anything right so that's the thing is if you're into bitcoin 10 years you've had nothing to do except stack sats and hodl <laughs> and lose all your money on celsius and blockfi and leaden and all the other stuff the bitcoin maxis were shilling back when they were getting paid to do it you had nothing to do people talk like you know this new financial world but if you want to buy stuff you you turn your bitcoin into dollars if you want to use it for anything you turn it into dollars or into something else um, maybe it won't be like that forever, but really there's been nothing to do with Bitcoin. So you had to sit there and stack sats while you watch these alleged shitcoiners, as you call them, build incredible financial worlds your mind could never imagine, do experimentation on, on economic and monetary scales that were completely unprecedented, have access to products and, and means of investment and financialization that no one used to have access to from their home computer, Trade JPEGs, play to earn. You, you watch all this unfold, and, and what, what could you do? You can just go on interview shows and talk about how everyone's a shitcoin and, and Bitcoin's the only real crypto. <laughs> and now there's you something get to, the, to do you with get your the Bitcoin. negative side. Yeah. Sorry, you go can ahead. Actually, yeah. buy something with Bitcoin now on Bitcoin. You know, like that. That's a big deal. So it's a short bull case. I, I don't know if it actually, uh, uh, you know, plays out like this. I, I I'm, uh, I'm over invested, of course. Uh, you know, liquidated my kids college funds it's all in <laughs> cardinals mostly in derivative shitty punk projects <laughs> really well um, here's i sure this is all interesting and i think that's a really yeah. interesting take salty i guess my big question in this way is so i i don't know what are what so when you talk about the bitcoin maxis right we all know those types of people who have believed forever that bitcoin is the end all be all they do shit on other on other chains they often uh when eth was coming up and becoming big it, it was definitely a, a giant kind of fight between the two people um 
Is there any sign that people who are, I don't even call it Bitcoin maxis, but people who are Bitcoin first, let's say, are actually tuning into this and understanding it and care about it in the way that you're talking about? Or is this just kind of all smoke and mirrors and it's ETH people trying to look for the next kind of like unlock in terms of money? That's, that's my big question here is I don't really fully know yet if this is something that um, is going to be interesting to Bitcoin people at, at all. Like, so I don't know, uh, I know Eric, would, do you have a take on that? Like, do you think this is something that, that has a chance to become like a large pool of liquidity or do you think it's like, it's just too early to know? Um, you know, I'm not going to write anything off, but I, I think the question here is uh, like, when do the BTC maxi fully come because at the moment if you go into uh you know to any of the discord for ordinal inscriptions most of the assets are still being custodied by the project founders because the people selling them don't know how to set up like a wallet or a BTC node so they can actually transact on their own and they don't they don't really want to because they're just here to kind of flip um you know I think I think if you do actually get a get a case where real I you know um, BTC people start to tweet about this, they start to use it. Um, you start to see a lot of you know self custody coming into these projects. Um, then maybe I think that 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 that's a good sign of adoption. But everything from where I said that's happened so far has been sort of keep people kind of chasing the next narrative. Um, and I, I think the project creators also understand that and they're, they're being accommodated because, you know, everyone's working on this marketplace solution. So more of the transactions can move off of um, OTC um, escrow. And, you know, there, I, think, I think some teams are definitely trying to figure out a way where you can uh, transact via a taproot without having to install a, a Bitcoin node. So... I don't know. Right now, it still feels like it's it's the ETH guys that are kind of driving this. Um, but Salty is right. Like the moment where real BTC people start to step in and participate, uh, that's that's going to be huge. Like that's that's I I think like in that situation, if you're holding on to sub 10k ordinals, you'll probably do very very well. I just I just not at this point, I just don't have confidence to say that's actually going to happen. I wanna yeah, uh, Eric's, you know, the escrow thing is is a whole interesting thing because there's there's Bitcoiners uh who clearly think this is a scam. It's obviously a scam because as they say, the trades aren't even happening because they can't wrap their mind around the level of degeneracy it takes to pay four Bitcoin for somebody to update a Google Sheet address. <laughs> they say, look, there's not even being transferred, and it isn't being transferred. <laughs> That's the most incredible thing to me. I think of this as just a person watching it is when you look at that ordinal, I remember the first time I clicked through to that ordinal punks Google spreadsheet and I was like, oh, wh what is this? Uh, there's literally a, a bid list on this. There, there are all the things you would see in a marketplace and now it's on a Google spreadsheet and people are using it. And I was just like, Holy fuck. And, and real, and, real sums of money on that. Like, yeah. I mean, you're talking about $50,000 that's being tracked and sold on, on plus, you know what I mean? On these Google spreadsheets. So I guess my other big question becomes is, 
So Grant, you did a lot of work uh, on this early on. You you did the technical work. You, I, I remember watching you kind of like walk through it to, for us and stuff in, in our Discord. Um, do you think that the technical aspects of this are going to get figured out relatively quickly? I mean, one of the things people have been teasing a bit this week is mar a marketplace of some sort that would make it easier to transact. Do you, do you think that's coming? Or, or what's your take on where the actual like... Um, I don't want to say it's not liquidity. It's more about the the friction, where the friction can ease, so that we'll see more of this stuff happen. Uh, yeah, it's it's entirely possible. I'm not sort of up to date on the uh, the latest with respect to like you know a wallet that you can actively transfer in and out of and a marketplace per se. I just um, I think I mean one half is is the narrative like getting. Uh, as others have already pointed out, like people who actually use Bitcoin to kind of join the ride as opposed to say, you know, I'm just going to hang on to my actual Satoshis uh, or actual coins. Um, and then the other half is just, I think, delineating like what's provenance versus what's not, because I think there's plenty within the first 10K inscriptions that are not, that just don't fit what I would call, you know, good art or good avatars or, or good anything right not to mention we're already you know pushing close to like 50k inscriptions and people are charging just exorbitant sums of money and then we have you know on the eth side like you know anything that was even remotely linked to ordinals or named uh, or had ordinals in the name like just did random you know 10x wix ups and down uh and i just i, I don't think we have enough liquidity to to support that uh and there's just friction everywhere and uh, you know i'll say it like I, I was just spooked by by you know almost getting hacked and and i said you know i'm just gonna set this out for a while and, and see where we come from so yeah I mean, can you I, can I you think... walk through that what happened like how, how was that i mean I don't, if you feel comfortable i'm um, just kind of telling us what, what happened with that situation was it just a a, um, a fishing exhibition sort of thing yeah, like because you know every trade is kind of done through DMs, and only only once you've kind of locked down a deal do you bring in uh, the project owner uh, who you know has your asset in escrow usually, and, and you know does the official confirmation of transfer of funds and transfer of asset, uh, and you just spend you know hours and hours talking to different people, and you start to lose track of who you're talking to at what price point. Uh, and eventually, you know, it was it was so late in the evening, and, and this person said, you know, join this other Discord where there there are people who you know might want to bid on your asset or purchase on your asset, and you know th that's the other thing, right? Like, there's no centralized suppository of of projects, even right? Like every single project is its own Google sheet, Google sheet, right? It's not like everything is on one spreadsheet, even let alone the absurdity that, you know, the settlement layer is, is just a document. Um, so yeah, uh, they had me join this Discord and there was just this weird verification link that I, you know, I clicked on it and thankfully I had, you know, a couple layers of protection that you know, informed me that I was paying gas for this verification uh, transaction, which I shouldn't have been doing. It was just like, it spooked me because I'm usually not very cavalier with this kind of stuff and i'm not 
an OTC guy. Uh, you know, shout out to to Cirrus and, and guys like Eric and Pomp who, who do it regularly. Uh, it's just it's incredibly taxing, um, and there's so much friction involved, right? Um, oh, it, it, it's it's exhausting. When I was trying to buy my ordinal, you know, and the project admin, the project uh, creators were were being escrow. Like kept checking back and forth between the DMs and the channel to make sure it was it was the same person. I'm like I'm getting I'm getting spam. Am I getting spam? And, and you know, in the back of my mind, it's like, how the fuck would I even know? Because it's the first time I've used the taproot wallet. So like, if they say they sent it to me, like, literally at that point in time, I was my phone trying to get this deal done. I I I I couldn't tell what that was like. I would have no clue whether or not that was actually real. Um. So it it just it felt very very sketchy. You know, this is like, um, yeah, it's back, it's back alley deals, right? Like that's what's so weird to me about this whole thing is that like, I mean, going back to the fact that you're, you're talking about, you know, the block, we're working in crypto and working on the blockchain and and now we're doing back alley, like open my trench code and I'll show you my ordinals. Yeah. uh, I'm, I'm just laughing to myself because, you know, we keep talking about what does it take to like let's onboard uh, normies. Let's onboard normies, and obviously, yeah. you know, the thing to do it is is settlement via Excel spreadsheet. Because well, you, you know, know everybody can access a spreadsheet, Eric. That's how yeah, it works. Yeah, right? it's true. yeah, yeah, and and a myriad of of very malicious macros that come with, with that. Yeah. Oh, so uh, I do want to talk a little bit about what Grant got into here a little bit, which is provenance and historical value. So. Okay, there's a couple things going on. Uh, many people have kind of argued that like most of the ordinals that are sub 10k, and what that means is like you know they've kept a track of how how many ordinals have been um, uh, created. And I think we're in the I think we're at like close to 50, 60, 70k right now, somewhere around there. I, I'm not sure exactly what the number is, but the sub 10ks have you know according to at least the powers that be or, or people who say things in this space uh, have some historic value. But as as Grant said, like a lot of that stuff is just like people who got there early and and uploaded something for the fun of it. I mean, I think the second thing that was uploaded was an image of a crypto dick butt, which is great, very hilarious. Um, my question becomes, so yeah, we talked a little bit about this. There's, there's the ordinal punks, which were early and kind of unique. And I know a lot of people have talked about the fact that they might be a copy of mutant punks, but there's a lot of arguments back and forth about the fact that it was an open source GitHub that those came from, whatever. The thing that happened that was interesting, obviously, was somebody took all 10,000 crypto punks from the ETH chain and ported them over and called them BTC punks. There's kind of mixed feelings on that. My big question is like, what of those early collections is interesting and why? Is there any, and I know people who in this, in this chat, including myself, have a piece of some of the bags in there, but like, what makes the early collections interesting? And is there value to any of that randomness stuff or the random stuff that's there or are we going to see real value come from when somebody launches, like, let's call it a legit original project on, on the on this I don't on on Bitcoin? Like, who who has thoughts on that? Anybody have a thought on that? We brought it up before uh, that you know, this under 10k thing. We've each probably alluded to that. I mean, it's it's a meme, but uh, it it probably has some memetic sticking power. Okay, but but just just as a counterpoint, so Salty, actually, you know, I want you to talk more about the fact that it is like a new paradigm and it could have staying power, but just, just answer me this. Like, do you know what the first 10 K, uh, NFTs on Ethereum are? I don't know the first 10 K, but yeah, I, I mean, I know the first, uh, projects as insofar as the ones we've discovered. 
even before the the EIPs were written to really make NFTs a thing. Here's here's my question. Yeah, what are what is there one of those that's that you can point to and say like it's got a massive value because of that right now? Is there something that in that in that collection, the first 10k uh, CryptoPunks? Right. I mean, there's a reason they're so valuable, right? Uh, but no, I mean, uh, Ether Rocks. Uh, what were the early ones? Crypto Kitties is the one that really blew everything up, right? And what value do they have today? Crypto. Well, Crypto Kitties like produced infinite versions of themselves, right? Uh, there was Ethereum. Um, was a really early one, and that one is still tradable. The problem is some of these like really aren't tradable, or they have to have wrappers. I don't know. I don't think what I'm saying is not because it was early. It must be valuable. Um, I'm just saying like the 10K meme is sticking right now. That's all I'm saying. Uh, also, the way Ethereum works, there's, I think, less to be said for provenance in terms of mere chronology. But in Bitcoin, uh, because there's so much less ability to do things, there's no smart contract language per se, uh, the, the, the only source of provenance can be chronology. I think it's a it's a it's a it's some of the potential is driven by the limitations of the form. But uh yes, there are whole communities I I would say that that spend a lot of time trying to buy very valuable things that were early on Ethereum. Um whether like so the probably the the first NFT uh that that is actually kind of similar to what we're doing on on Ordinals right now is uh what was it Terra Nullis Terra Novalis whatever it was called I mean it was like a you could ins inscribe some words on Ethereum so to speak that thing you know popped off a little and of course it's worth zero because uh somebody just built a wrapper around it and then with the wrapper you could mint new ones so they weren't real real old ones um I I don't know what that looks like on Bitcoin a good counter example cuz I, I I'm not saying this is definitely going to be under 10Ks where the value is. A good counterexample is ENS, right? There are very rare ENSs. And there is a chronological ENS collection. They call them the pre-punk ENSs. Uh, and they're not particularly valuable, right? They're not, um, they're not worth a lot. So um, I could see it going either way. And we talked about this earlier, you know, a lot of the Bitcoin world is not onboarded into this. And a lot of the value right now is like Streisand effect value. It's it's ETH and BTC people fighting. It's drama. Yeah. It's it's land grab, right? So I think like any land grab, there's no guarantee that the land you grab will be valuable. But probabilistically... <laughs> we could be looking at swamp lands. Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> is, that a, is that a sandbox state? Yeah, right I'm not... Uh, yeah. No, the Saudis are bidding. It's okay. <laughs> Uh, no, I'm just saying that, uh, that probabilistically, the earlier your inscription, the more likelihood is that it has some value based merely on its chronology. If you can't get something really cool and really early, yeah, I would wait for like actual interesting projects with actual known artists or actual people you want to own stuff by to come out. I'm, I'm not going around. I've bought some sub 10K stuff. It's stuff that I think, you know, is part of a collection and is put out by people who are big players in the ordinal space or or has it has some narrative some cohesiveness to it right? i'm not buying random pictures that were inscribed under 10k and i don't think probably most people should i mean maybe you have a little moon bag of them but if, if they don't catch a lawsuit from nintendo i think firms is uh doing a wonderful job of creating oh hype. yeah uh, and they're probably gonna 
cash out a lot of money on the primary market. The shrooms are a cohesive project with a good narrative and really yeah, explain what those are real quick, because I think people may or may not know who are paying attention to this. I, I think that's one of the more Grant, Grant can do that. He's bigger in shrooms. Yeah. Than me. <laughs> Grant's been tracking shrooms. I'm not in the discord. Uh, I can't even say. <laughs> oh, shoot. I'm not in the discord either. It's, 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 it's genuinely good art. Um, they're all, you know, I think sub 2k uh, in, inscriptions. I, I could be wrong. Uh, on that, and they're just—they're not in anyone's lane, right? Because there's look, there's two Pepe projects uh, in the first 10k. Uh, Ord punks are gonna win because that—that's where all the liquidity is. But you know, there's already a second punk project. Uh, there's no good generative art project that I know of. Maybe ordinal loops can be a thing, but shrooms are just their own thing, right? Like they're legitimately fun. They're not like a. Yeah, they're, they're just not a ripoff of anything on ETH, so it instantly just catches your eye. How dare you? Cyber Shrooms was an amazing old project that I lost a, a fair amount of money on when uh, Kongs pumped it. Fungible <laughs> Fungi. There were so many mushroom projects. But... There are so many shroom, mushroom projects. Oh, yeah. Also, what was that one with, remember the, the Chinese Baidu uh, shrooms that were more recent? Anyway, um, I think all that makes sense. Uh, my other question with this stuff becomes, so so one thing I want to point out is, Last one of these we did was a lot of it was about Canto, right? Canto NFTs and and the interesting kind of things happening there. And one thing to kind of connect these two things that just happened on Canto and and Eric, I think you remember the name of this guy better than I do, but there was a really interesting generative art project that just launched on Canto and it actually is doing pretty well, unlike almost every other Canto NFT, because the original Canto NFTs were all kind of crap. Um, uh, not to shit on anybody's long necks. Um, uh, those are pretty cool. But my question is going to be is like. I'm I'm wondering if, uh, unlike Justin Aversano, like like you mentioned, Grant, who I think lo it looks pretty bad to me. He looks like he's kind of just trying to cash out on something. Um, not to shit on him, but I, I don't love the the look of what he's doing. But I'm wondering if there is a Gen Art project that's going to come out and might be that version of the uh, of of whatever the next really interesting project is. And I guess at that point, the level of inscription doesn't matter as much, right? It's more of like what is the person going to do on that chain on on BTC that's going to be interesting? And is there a way to kind of make it? Um, is anybody tracking one of those yet? Has anybody seen an interesting artist that's talked about this or or that that's interested in doing that? Yo, I'll give some context into the the Canto project. Uh, I think it's talking about Speranza by Giorgio right. Balbi. Um, he's had two smaller collections on um, um, Ethereum that's done some moderate success, and I think. So, so I think one of the reasons that he picked Kanto for Speranza was because, um, one, obviously Kanto was, that was having its moment in the sun, but two, a lot of his big collectors are actually very, very involved in the Kanto scene. And I think that that really, those conversations really tipped it over. Um, you know, the launch itself was, was pretty unwieldy. I think, I think it was a rough you know, it, it's really just him and maybe like one other mod helping him out. So it was like rough goings, handling, uh, figuring out the, how to uh, how minting works on Canto. And then also, you know, realizing that just Alto was not as robust as um, as OpenSea in terms of his ability to handle like high definition images. So they're still working through the issue of, of like a lot of people's stuff not showing up on Alto correctly because um, you know, the files are like 20 megabytes. 
and and Altos just pulling these directly from air uh, was just pulling these directly from Arweave. So it was just taking forever for anything to load. Um, I think you know eventually maybe there is a gen real generator artist that wants to do something genuine. Uh, uh, I think with ordinals. But it's it's a learning process because because as Salty said, the medium is pretty limited on and it's not, you know, it's kind of unwieldy. Um and I think the challenge will really, really be you know, they want to see obviously like there's a lot of opportunity cost, right? Like you have other chains to to pick from in terms of releasing your art. Um and I think Ethereum still remains like the proven route or um, any established artist with some visibility that wants to successfully launch a project. So this, this I think this is so much up to um, the artist, the community as, as it is the artist. Um, you know, an artist has to come in and do something interesting, but the community also has to follow. If we continue to along this, this kind of, you know, down this road of just the, the ordinal land grab, um, then I don't, I don't, I don't think we're going to get a lot of generative art in this scene because it, it just comes down to a, to a numbers game. And you know, why would a generative artist that's doing interesting things not just launch on ETH, which are established platforms, um, versus kind of do this and have to do things like via settlement layers, um, have to deal with the issue that there's really no way to enforce royalties. Um, so what you know, they're really just selling their art outright, and and whatever they make off the art is going to be from those initial primary sales. Yeah, I'm so fascinated because we've now kind of created something new that, um, I, you know, to Salty's point, like, yes, it, it's great and, and interesting that all this stuff is happening on BTC, but like a lot of these problems <laughs> that we, we are talking about now were solved by the ETH, uh, situation with ETH. And I think it's going to be an interesting thing. I keep coming back to like, the only real reason to think about this space, and I, this may sound like cynical, is just like, just truly the amount of liquidity that's locked up in BTC, and that there is a world where, from a financial standpoint, it, you know, if if projects work like shrooms, if shrooms like works, like that, there could be people in the BTC space who who want a version of something like what we have on ETH uh, on BTC. But I don't know. I just don't know if the if the if the the ecosystem to build the stuff around it is going to be there. And I guess that it will always follow the money, but, but there's just so many things that have been built on ETH and I'm just not sure it I don't know, kind of feels like going backwards weirdly to me. Like it feels like we're taking a step back doing this. I don't know. Salty, what, what's your thought? I would I'll try to say briefly, obviously I'm going to be brief and then I'm not, but I'll, I'll say like, um, so take Cardano, for example, Cardano's a UTXO network. Please take it. Take it, <laughs> take it and get rid of it. Cardano's a UTXO. Please, please, please take it and leave the room. It's very complex to build on. Um, it's, it's never been more valuable than ETH in terms of market cap. No one cares at all about the NFTs on Cardano. And yet, tons of tooling has been built out. Marketplaces, wallets. I mean, there's all sorts of tooling and stuff. And and you could easily ask yourself, you know, why does no one care about NFTs on Cardano? It's because, I mean, no one uses Cardano for anything really to begin with. Um, I would say no offense to Cardano holders out there, but I do mean some offense. If you hold Cardano, you've been tricked. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> not financial <laughs> advice. Um, but like, you know, Bitcoin is not Cardano, and it's not even ETH. I mean, the 
tooling is getting built at a rapid pace. So I don't see a concern there. It's actually like really exciting to see what people are coming up with. I mean, really cool stuff on chain, off chain. And I would also say that um, the constraints are, if all you're used to is ETH, Bitcoin feels very constrained, but those constraints breed incredible innovation. If you don't want constraints, just go to Solana or build on AWS. There's a reason we build in these constrained uh, networks that we're creating, right? Like, no, there there are people who say, oh, don't use ETH, it's slow. Oh, the transaction fees are high. And those people are, are misguided. Uh, it's not about what's fastest and cheapest. If you want fastest and cheapest, don't use a blockchain at all, you know? Blockchains are slow and expensive. And there's a reason for that. Um, there's a lot of tooling getting built. Constraints, I think, breed really interesting innovation, and especially from like Bitcoin devs who are real like hardcore nerd programmer types. You know, I'm not talking about the maxis. I'm talking about the people who actually build this stuff. And they have created, again, something to do with Bitcoin. When just a few weeks ago, there was literally nothing to do with Bitcoin except some remittances overseas and pay journalists and, you know, in despotic countries and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yeah, so, salty. So, so, so let me turn this back on you, right? Like, you know, I, I, you know, I don't dispute the idea that we can develop tooling within Bitcoin to facilitate NFTs. But if that's the case, you know, why wouldn't Bitcoin people just just eventually migrate to ETH or other other chains for NFTs? Because, you know, to me, I, I think intellectually, like it, it, that, it, it's just if if there is. If an NFT ecosystem gets built on Bitcoin and people accept it, um, it seems like they're also accepting that, you know, a, the blockchain has more use beyond sort of a censorship um, resistant means of transferring financial financial wealth. And if that if that is the case, then don't the floodgates open and, and don't, you know, don't they shouldn't people like who think rationally start to accept that, hey, like, Ethereum does serve some utility and NFTs as a whole are not a scam and can exist as sort of this store of value or an expression of, of, of art that, you know, has, has real, as both, um, that, that should have provenance in both like the digital world and the real world. Uh, yes, but what percentage of those people will realize that? Well, hey, what percentage of people will realize that? Because if you only ever hold Bitcoin and call all other Coins, shit coins. You're not that rational of a person to begin with, most likely. Um, but so, and then of the fraction that do realize that, what what percentage of them will sell every Bitcoin they have and migrate completely to ETH? You know, I I don't think they would do that either. I think uh, the niche that Bitcoin occupies is is I would argue insurmountable. There is no other proof of work chain that really matters. There is no other top coin in the world being accumulated by very risk-averse uh, funds and people. You know, like very risk-averse. I mean, there's old, old money that is still willing to buy Bitcoin. Um, I, I just, I don't think uh, anything else fills that niche. And I, I still think, I think proof of work is meaningful. I think um, that, 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 that narrative, and it's not just a narrative, it, it matters that, that everything else, everything else is proof of of stake distributed proof of stake so the consensus matters and the things that it's built for matter but i i agree with what you're saying like if if this cracks open the heads of people who have closed themselves off to the rest of the rest of the crypto world that's great but i don't think they'll sell every bitcoin they own and just migrate completely off it 
no, no, no. So, oh, and, and that's not what I'm saying. I, I don't think it, it's going to make, you know, it's going to be this like come to God moment and they just dump everything and move on to other other blockchains. I think it's it's more so an acknowledgement of the fact that other blockchains can and should exist because they facilitate very important functions that Bitcoin itself maybe is not suited for. Um, you know, it's, 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 it's a ecosystem. Like this, this maximalism is, 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 is stupid. And if you're a maximalist, you're stupid. Um, and, and that, that, that I'll go on record and say that because, because, you know, it's just the underlying technology itself, itself can serve so many different purposes. Um, and I, I just think like when you're having these little shit fights over which chain is better, while Gary Gensler is trying to basically debank um, the onboarding rails of, 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 of everything within the U.S., um, I, I just, it's a fucking waste of time. Like, what are you doing? Right. So, so I really like the fact that, you know, Bitcoin as old as it, as it is, is still doing these, you know, still interesting things that are happening. And I hope that there is. Um, that there is actually a good NFT ecosystem that comes out of it, not just because I own it, it's just because I think I think it will be better for the space as a whole, right? Um, but then I, you know, these are interesting questions of how do you enforce royalties? Can you enforce royalties? Uh, if you can't enforce royalties, what are the benefits for artists to to come onto Bitcoin? Um, and how does that process, you know, play out? You know, is it is it going to be friendly to new artists or is it going to be a medium where um, established artists can start to get, you know, value, more value for their work up front? Like, those are really interesting questions. So I, I'm I'm excited to see what comes out of it. With that being said, I think like 80% of what's happening right now is just a right? So um, this is going to this is going to go through the normal boom and bust cycle where eventually these things are down 80%. But I think if development in the space doesn't go to zero, um, then then it's you know eventually the Lindy rule applies and and the ecosystem will will exist. I would make clear that nothing I'm saying uh, is in regards to price and price appreciate appreciation. It's really yeah, especially technical and sociological because what you're seeing unfold here is a is a religious war, and you know it's not unbelievers <laughs> who are the worst. It's the apostates who are the worst heretics. So when you see Bitcoin maxis, especially many years old ones start to loosen their worldviews, you're going to see the uh, the tribunals uh, start to form. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for that. That'll be a fascinating experience to kind of see. Uh, okay, you know what we should do? Let's, I, we, uh, we've been going quite a while on this, so let's, let's move on. Um, I do want to actually, speaking of Gary Gensler stuff, I think it's probably worth touching on that. And then I have a new, a, a new segment I'm going to surprise everybody with that won't take too long. But um, um I think uh, we should talk about the Gary Gensler stuff this week. We should kind of quickly kind of give our, our thoughts on it. It's, it's pretty uh, not great, I think. I mean, just to, just to recap, I mean, I don't know, Eric, you could probably uh, TLDR this the fastest just so we don't have to spend a ton of time explaining it. But do you want to just kind of like quickly say what happened? Yeah, so um, basically last week, the SEC went after Kraken, uh, under stake, uh, staking as a service offering. Uh, and as a result of that, Kraken came to a settlement where they're paying $30 million fine. Uh, they're no longer offering staking as a service within the U.S. Um, and then there is also, um, you know, 
on the back of that, there's rumors that basically every major banking institution that's on something to do with crypto is going to get a wealth notice. Um, and for, for those of you who aren't familiar with what a wealth notice is, it's basically a written letter from the SEC saying that your an infraction has been committed in some way. Um, and so, you know, the, the perception is this is this is what this is the SEC's push to platform crypto in the U.S. Um, they are going after established players like Coinbase and Kraken, uh, who have made efforts to be regulatorily compliant. Uh, and they are also going after the banks in an effort to basically eliminate the onboarding and offboarding rails for these institutions, um, which obviously would be, you know, would be very, very impactful. Um, there's also rumors that Paxos, which manages BUSD, is being investigated. Um, and I, I think I think this is this, you know, overall, the few, and the reason why crypto rolled over is that this is like a very, very, um, I think, concerted the perception is that this is a concerted effort to basically um you know cut off the just deep platform and cut off access to to digital financial systems um you know to to cut the cut you know that i'm messing this up but to, to basically um cut off access to if you're a crypto firm the sec wants to cut off your access to traditional finance platforms they want to eliminate your ability to get loans to get banking services, to get onboarding, to offboarding, to which which really impact the day to day operations of your business. Um, so you know, we will see what happens next. I think the perception is um, that Coinbase is staking as a service program is is going to be next in the crosshairs for the SEC. Uh, and so what you saw is overall crypto rolled uh, last week. Crypto has full rolled over. Um, but the LSD providers actually did okay. Um, and I think that the market read is that a lot of those um, staking flows are ultimately gonna are ultimately gonna flow to liquid staking providers like uh, Lido, uh, Ripple, you know, Frax, what have you. Um, but this is, I, I think like it's too early to say what's actually gonna happen, but you know, I, I just, it, it just shows that like, we still have a really, really shitty regulatory regime in the um in the u.s uh the sec doesn't seem to have actually tried to work with crypto as an industry in good faith uh and i just do not think that gensler as a whole is, is fit um to be chairman of the sec especially you know in light of what happened FTX, with yeah. ftx because yeah all you know all he's done is 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 refuse to provide clear guidance go after people that actually try to operate in good faith within the U.S., push shady, questionable activity offshore as a result out of the scope of U.S. regulators, which eventually contributes to FTX and it will contribute to further blow-ups. I, I, you know, so, so if you're kind of stepping back and look at this, I, I just, uh, how can anybody rationally look at this and say like, okay, well, this is the right approach. Um, and we're we're regulating in the industry rationally, and we're actually encouraging you know technological advancement and, and growth relative to to uh, competitors. I mean, nation. I would I would argue that this is I mean, listen, politics is is a couple things. It's on the surface, it's always one thing, and then under the surface, it's another. The thing that I keep thinking about this is that that you know just from a pure personal people standpoint, 
this is Gensler trying to make up for FTX in a way, which is hilarious to me because like FTX was such a just incredible house of cards that he was you know, ostensibly part of in some ways. I mean, I'm not saying he's part of it, but like, but in terms of being around to like prop it in a, in a specific way. And what it feels like to me is somebody in power said to him, you fucked up and now you've got to like fix it. And this is like how uh, really bad decisions get made, right? Just when you think of it, like imagine the government as a business, what, what's happening here is like so somebody did something really bad. And now in order to like make it look like he's better, he's going far to the other direction. And it feels like a really bad kind of boomerang moment in general. And and I don't know. I, and also the thing that is just frustrating to me is like, I don't know if anybody, did you guys see the video that Gary Gensler put out where he compared stake uh s-t-a-k-e to s-t-e-a-k and was like it was like this kind of like goofy fun video with like with like uh um audio like like fun music and it just felt like what the fuck is going on here like it's Very just disturbing. it really was kind of shocking to me yeah it, it's a, it's a pr push you know he, you're right he's trying he's trying to make people forget that he completely bungled fdx right and he was and, 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 and just in case anybody forgets, he was on the verge of giving these guys preferential. Yeah, yeah exactly. Have done a worse before they blew up. Uh, and, and yeah, yeah. So, so it's it's just you know there there is no like you, the the regulatory approach and the framework. And I I think like the Hester Pierce dissent is worth reading for anybody that's interested. Um, is is pretty clear. Like there is no in there. There aren't. They don't want to. They don't want crypto in the U.S. Who who said that? What what did you reference? Has has there's a dissenting opinion of Hester Pierce on 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 basically um you know their uh staking as a service and their determination that it was a security um and she basically outlined I think a lot of the points that people have been making, which is how can you you know how can you do this without without um providing regulatory clarity. And and you know regulation via legislation is sort of the worst way to to registration via via not, not litigation is the worst approach for this, uh, which is in effect what they're doing. It's like you know Brian Armstrong has come out on record and said like look we keep asking for clarity we don't hear back he refuses to meet with it, with us um, and the only way we get regulatory clarity is basically when there's enforcement action against us. Like, you know, how do you expect anyone to kind of want to operate in that environment? Like, that that's just, this is, it's not at all accommodative. And I think it, it really, it really sets the space back. Because what, what is going to happen is, that I, I think overall, right, you know, it is definitely not perfect, but the U.S. has a good framework for um, regulating securities, regulating markets, financial systems, um, and, and bring some transparency into, into, into these entities and, and forcing them to account, you know, to, to operate by certain standards. And, and basically, when you say, I don't want you here, you know, you're not really, I, I think like driven entrepreneurs are not going to say like, well, we're just going to shut down our business. I think yeah. they're just going to offshore their business. Um, as a as a means to survive, but that opens the floodgates because now you're no longer under the regulator regulator purview of anybody, and and it is it is a yeah. it, it's Pandora's box.
like sorts of things can can really happen, and this is where bad actors start to thrive. Um, so overall, I, I yeah, I just yeah, I just I just really hate this. Um, and and if you you know if anybody saw like Jesse Powell's um, thread after in light of it, like why don't you fight it? And he highlighted he highlighted that he thought it was just going to be an ugly, bruising, drag out fight. Um, and I think I think people's other interpretation is that Brocken. Um, as a whole, they're, they're, the way that they frame their staking as a service to customers probably also put them on the wrong foot. But then again, like, how are you supposed to know when there's yeah. no regulatory yeah. clarity? Um, so I, I think they just make the decision that we're going to cut our losses and, and move on. And it's really, really unfortunate because, you know, you're, you're like Coinbase and I think Kraken are, are good stewards about what should be like you know, they self-regulate. They're largely speaking responsible actors in this space. They don't do anything crazy. Um, but they've also, I think, been been limited in their ability to really innovate and roll out new products. So when we complain, well, like they don't really do anything, it's not because they don't want to. Um, I think it's just because they've, they've chosen to operate within the U.S. and, 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 and be compliant to the U.S. regulatory regime. And that's basically prevented them from doing anything for the last. Yeah, it's it's God a it's long. a kind of a. I mean, obviously, we saw uh, ETH price take a hit, and I think BTC took a hit too when all that went down. Um, I think it's worth tracking, and it's it's going to be something big. Um, uh, okay, let's let's. I, I have a dumb uh, news segment. It's not that dumb, but I, I it basically. Wait, is, can I ask? Can I ask Eric one follow up question? On sure. That? Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, just real quick. So. Like the SEC wants to kill crypto or the government wants to kill crypto in the US. Is that a speculation by by people observing what the SEC is doing? Or is that really what the SEC themselves is making clear? Like they're saying that, like we want to end this completely in the US. I mean, they, they, they can never say it, right? And, the, and, the, and the, I think the thing, same thing about being in public office is you can never really say what you want to do. Um, and so you you have to you have to look at the fact pattern, and I I, I, I really like you know the message that they're giving um, to operators in the U.S. is that hey like we're gonna we're gonna go after the onboarding and offboarding rails because you're going after financial institution, right? Like remember um, you know uh, what was it uh, what was the bank silver I'm I, oh my, I yeah, one that blanking, blanking out. Silver, Silvergate, Silvergate, Silvergate is being investigated for for potential uh, potential um, you know wrongdoing in the in light of like FTX, right? And I think more of that is going to happen. I think they're going to go after Signature. Um, I think a, uh, you've already seen some banks basically say, "Well, the juice is not worth the squeeze in crypto, so we're going to back out." Um, so I, I think you're going to see more and more of this. And if the Paxos rumors are true, then 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 I just I don't I don't I don't see any other way to to really interpret this. That makes okay. sense. Yep, that makes sense to me. Um, yeah, I think I think in November we 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 talked about Silvergate and Paxos just being the the primary targets because it is the bottleneck, uh, and it's the way you know you or I or you know any other retail individual get their money uh, on wrapped into the ecosystem. Uh, I, I know we want to move on, but I think I just want to leave us on a like a more positive sentiment like I, I don't go on instagram anymore but uh my girlfriend pointed out to me that drake uh very frequently on his stories 
uh, we'll post him gambling uh, on various different things uh, on a crypto site. Uh, and I think even though it's ugly uh, and it's not necessarily what, you know, uh, fine art collectors like ourselves may want um, the main source of crypto onboarding to be, uh, it's it's happening before our eyes, even even in, in you know, the, the darkest the darkest depths of, of the bear market, right? Like it's not going away, even if the only thesis is to be the world's uh, next greatest casino, you know, like. Gary Gensler, it's 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 going to outlive you, Gary. Uh, you should know that. <laughs> you are you are an, an older person, Gary. So just be aware; it'll be around longer than you will be. Uh, that's awesome. Okay, well let's okay let's move on because we're getting kind of long in the tooth here in this episode. This is a new a new small segment I want to do, and it's called uh, NFT Project Death Watch. And basically, what I want us to do is I want each of us to give a score from one to one hundred, with zero being completely alive and excited to be around for for a very long time and 100 with put it in the coffin and bury it it's already dead wait zero is the best and hundreds the worst well it's called death watch right so you want to yeah so the more the more death you have the worse you are right okay more death so so again let's be clear zero is good it means that that'll project will be along for long around for a long time uh, 100 means it's already gone and and forget about it. Okay, so this my is a first Benjamin Button scale. Yes. Okay, fine. <laughs> Listen, we well next time we can switch the scale, but for today that's my scale. It's what I'm saying. Um, th- this week's subject of the NFT Death Watch is the is Doodles, which we've talked about a little bit. Um, you, we have had a clear kind of like pathway through the Doodles landscape. Um, the thing that happened yesterday that I think set a lot of people off, um, it, it, it was setting off people is maybe the wrong word, is that Pranksy, uh, who famously doesn't sell very many of their doodles, uh, of their NFTs really at all, started to sell some of their doodles. Um, people were wondering what was going on. Pranksy then tweeted that he wasn't actually like dumping, but he was trying to reorg his collection or their collection into a very specific uh, type of better better versions of their of their doodles i don't necessarily know if i fully buy that it, i will say pranksy has been probably doodles's biggest supporter over the last three months in terms of what uh, they've bought and all this other stuff um where do you the three of you rank doodles on the scale of nft death watch um why don't we start grant with you uh what do you think what's the, what's the number you give it and why uh probably somewhere between 80 to 90 i'll, I'll, I'll give it 80 because i'm feeling poorly uh, for, for the community <laughs> that's fair uh, that was just like an all-time moment yesterday it was you know it brought me back to, to doquan last summer tweeting out steady lads like that was the only parallel to that the only app parallel I could I could think of, um, I, th- I think it's it's a zombie project from here on out, realistically, uh, unless there's a leadership change, and I I don't think that's plausible, uh, given the fact that, uh, you know, it's kind of the founding team, um, the backers, and and kind of where they're migrating to is just the circle jerk of, of of the old flow and and and, and Dapper crew, right? So that's I don't think ever going to change, um, and you know. The only lifeline they have left is kind of the prominent backers that they have who might you know, continue to throw them a lifeline uh, until maybe we return to um, uh, better days, I'll say, uh, in the ETH NFT space. Um, and just the fact that the art is kind of normie-centric, right? It's not. It's like on the very opposite end of the spectrum 
when you can contrast it with like, I don't know, like my ladies or dick butts, right? Like it's anti-absurd. It's designed to bring you in, you know, if you want, I guess your, your children or your family to, to collect <laughs> NFTs, yeah. right? right. And that, that's the only saving grace I'll give it. Uh, and I, and I feel poorly for kind of the OGs of the community who really, uh, like most projects, by the way, who reach godly heights, um, um, every cycle it's, it's built on the backs of, you know, community members who day in and day out, um, eat shit, uh, for the likes of poopy. <laughs> very ironic, isn't it? It's a very ironic thing. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see, Eric, what about you? What's your score? Uh, well, zero to a hundred in terms of NFT death watch for doodles. I would say like probably 70. Um, I, I, but, but I, I think Grant just made a low key burn because he just called doodles the Jake flew of NFTs. <laughs> um, it, but, but I mean, look, Pranksy's message was pretty clear yesterday, right? Is, is that yes, he's quote unquote realigning his, his bag, uh, to hold the ones that he thinks looks better, but he's also basically telling you he's no longer willing to inject new liquidity into the ecosystem. So for, for him to buy. He has to sell. Um, I think that's pretty telling as to where he stands with the with the brand and the franchise as as it, it you know at this moment. I think a lot of OGs have left with you know because because they kind of reached a similar conclusion. Um, I just think it's it's a really it's a it's a hugely missed opportunity when you do do those two, and you seem to be answering the question of how can we make flow relevant again versus how can we actually grow 100%. our brand in a meaningful meaningful way i think that's a big thing to, that people need to, to dial in on because to me that is one of the that's like kind of the the number one sin that's happened in the last like couple months is like putting doodles two onto flow and, and trying to make it relevant again is like it's just so obvious when you when you look at it from the from the front uh, and i understand they're trying to do stuff but god it, it's just like it seemed very brutal to me when that happened. Uh, I, I, yeah, and I think I think the comms have just not not really been there to to feel make people feel comfortable. Um, their implementation has at, at net being more extractive than it is additive when it comes to the core holders. Um, so I, I think the project has been in a tough spot. I actually really like Burnt Toast's art, you know, and it's one of the, one of the things that pains me because I I do think that. Yes, it's like a little insensitive. It's normally centric, but I I think it in the right circumstances, like it could have had a lot of success if it was executed much much better. And it just it just wasn't. So now, like you know, I don't think doodles or die. I agree, it's gonna maybe become a zombie brand. Like my feeling is that in a year or two, uh, when this all becomes clear, Dapper Labs buys you know doodles the brand for a fraction of what the last race was and it effectively becomes another vassal project under under their umbrella. Can, can you imagine being the VCs that put money into this project and watching it over the last six months? It's just like, God, I can't even imagine. Um, all right, uh, Salty, what's your what's your ranking? Zero to 100. And, and remember, like I said, 100 is is most dead. <laughs> uh, well, I could put pick 50 out of spite just because I don't like the system. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I don't, dude. I don't know. I, I've been nothing but ordinals all week, so I, I saw there was this stuff going on. So I, I don't have a strong opinion. So I'll pick seventy-five because it's between seventy and eighty that Eric said. 
That's fair. And I, I would personally put myself probably around where everybody put it. It, it feels like we're in, you know, I, I have to say like, uh, and this is the fucking frustrating thing about this space. Like of all the people that have had blue chips, um, you know, you have Yuga and then you have kind of like, you know, Azuki, which I know people in here hold kind of coming in, in, in a, in a, I still think a pretty distant second and all these other projects that we thought were going to like compete at least for second have just fallen off a cliff for various reasons. And it just goes to show you like the, the, the idea of like the maturity of the management of these projects and people who understand both the web three space and the idea of like adult management of projects seems so off to me. And I don't know the doodles thing. I think even though I'm not a holder and I, I held for a while and I, I actually got out, uh, I had one, and I got out at a pretty a good price point, but like, it's more disappointing to me than everything. Like, I think that the the bummer is it did feel like a project that you could like show to somebody. And, and I agree with Eric burnt Tosa's art is, is very good. And it's a good version of what an NFT can look like. And I even, you know, as, as, as not as exciting as the price point on the spaceships was like, I thought, Oh, this is interesting. This is a project that at least is trying something different. And then just to watch them, you know, really starting, like we've said with last summer where they just like did nothing and said nothing and just kind of completely collapse over time. I don't know. It's just a bummer. And I, and I agree. I, I think I probably even put my number closer to 90 at this point. Cause it just feels like to come back from here, they're going to have to have a really, a really big lift in some way. Um, Okay, well, I think we should wrap up here pretty quickly. Um, we've been talking for a while. Uh, very fast before we go to, before we leave, um, what is everybody looking forward to this week? Uh, Eric, what, what, what's your take on what's happening this week? You got anything you're looking forward to? Um, looking forward to see if Ordinals can sustain for another week. I, I think if, if, it, if the narrative keeps growing for you know, another week or two, then, then this thing has a little likes. So I, I think that's the only thing that people really care about in this space right now. So. It is what it is. That's fair. Uh, uh, what about you, Grant? What are you looking forward to for this week? Uh, looking forward to spending Valentine's Day uh, claiming my blur drop and seeing where that goes. Uh, and Ordinals, too, even though I've temporarily, I think, left the space. Uh, like Salty was alluding to earlier, um, just because you know it's the Stone Ages right now in terms of execution and security and all that doesn't mean it always has to be the case. And surely people will step up and innovate. Uh, and you know I'm excited for my fellow uh, holders of of Ordinal JPEGs to to uh, experience some of that uh, innovation uh, hopefully soon. That's, we actually didn't talk about the blur airdrop, which I think there is one thing that we should kind of put a pin in, which obviously this is happening on, uh, at least announced by uh, February 14th. I think the interesting thing that there's been a narrative going around where everybody's pulled a bunch of bids off of blur um, in anticipation of this airdrop being um, maybe not a nothing burger, but just that the bids have kind of like larger bids on blue chips have evaporated and that might be driving in part why the floors have dropped quite a bit over the last like week. Um, I'm really fascinated to watch. This is an interesting thing to keep an eye on. And uh, I think my gut is telling me that we're going to see some of that liquidity come back, but who, but who knows? Um, okay, uh, Salty, what are you looking forward to for this week? Yeah, I, I guess Blur, you know, I just, I missed the magically uh, airdrop box so i guess i'll take the second best which is blur uh that's a joke no one uses uh, the, by the way can we 
one thing that drives me crazy in this space is the idea of everybody having different links that they share when they're talking about a project. And I, I, I blur I can get because now almost everybody has blur, although I will say, and I'll keep saying this blur has to get a better mobile project because whenever time anybody shares one, a, a blur link uh, when I'm on my phone, you can re you can see it, but you can't really do a lot of interacting with it. And now people are sharing those magically links and people have ner NFT nerds links. I just, I, it's annoying to me. That's just a small annoyance, but I totally get it. By the way, I didn't pay attention to the magically airdrop at all. Was it, was it, is it out? Was it, did they launch their token salty or is it something that's kind of in the future still? It's just boxes. Oh, it's no boxes. tokens. Okay. So Somehow they got this yeah, interesting idea yeah. to drop people boxes based on their NFT activity. I think it's, I think it's something they came up with. A very novel idea. And you have to click them one at a time to open them. Oh, <laughs> they didn't get that part right. Oh my I'm, God. I'm just I'm uh, a little anyway. disappointed because I actually think the platform is is like good to use and it's like kind of a free NFT nerds now basically now that they've opened it up to the public. Uh, but they just seem to want to, yeah, basically they shoved themselves into this role of like Blur's little brother who hates his big brother. When you know it's it's not a Blur isn't. The, the head honcho here who's taken a massive cut of the ecosystem, right? Yeah, no, and they are. They're a very fine NFT nerds free alternative. But you're right. It is. It was a probably a poor choice by them to set themselves up as competing with a blur. That's that's really good. Uh, I think yeah, this week I'm looking forward to some, you know, to see how this regulatory stuff unfolds too. And then ordinals, 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 ordinals. <laughs> <laughs> keep pumping your bags and huh? keep pushing it out whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, i'm impressed I'm not, that none of us mentioned no i know i because know because i can't my isp is throttling my node saying <laughs> i can't sell <laughs> uh uh it's pretty fascinating okay so for me i think the thing i'm most looking forward to this week i, I definitely the blur thing is something i'm really interested in i think i'm really also interested in seeing um the macro economy stuff has been really fascinating to kind of watch lately. And, and, you know, there's been all these people talking and we didn't get into this, but like, there's all these people talking about the soft landing versus the non soft landing, whether or not, you know, the, the recession, you know, does it exist? Where do we go? I think that like, there's going to be a lot of conversation over the next month or so around that. And, you know, if, if there's a world that like, you know, there is a soft landing, like, it's a pretty interesting economic place to get to. And, and there is a world where if there's a soft landing and nothing, <laughs> by the way, it's soft landing and nothing else crazy happens in the world that like the rest of 2023 could be a really interesting time in this space. Um, because if, if there's a world where liquidity can start to feel a little more comfortable with kind of coming in, I think is interesting. Um, I, I think that's a bigger question. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if we're going to have an answer to that for a while, but it, it's at least worth watching now and it doesn't feel as doom and gloomy as it did you know uh, two months ago when it felt like we were in for what seemed like a, a really really bad 2023 um but we'll see it'll be interesting to see um all right i think that's everything um anybody else have any last minute words before we sign off all right. Well, let's wrap it up here. Thanks, everybody, for listening. As usual, um, we are going to have a more regular publishing uh, uh, schedule from here on out. I think our plan is to get these out uh, on Monday morning so you can have them for the beginning of your week. Uh, and as always, be sure to go to our Twitter handle, which is at Midcurve, M-I-D-C-U-R-V-E. 
Um, follow us. We do some tweets from there. Um, I think we're going to be doing some more interesting stuff coming up with Midcurve and, and trying to get it out there. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Um, follow us. Tell people about us. Um, share on your socials and say hi to us on our own socials. Um, and thanks so much for listening, everybody. We'll, talk, we'll see you next week.